Welcome, travelers. I'm Bailey. And I'm Danny. <laughs> and I've got a question for you. Why is it? Are they there yet? I would love nothing more than to be there yet, Bailey. This is the third time we're having this conversation. I would like to visit. I don't want to live there. I I don't know. I feel like I'd like to live there. I want nothing more than to live in, like, uh, not the United States. And the closest to not the United States I can get is Canada. So uh, Maine is pretty close to Canada. We're in Maine. Yeah, Maine. I just, I feel like Maine gets a lot of snow. And I can't handle the snow. Well. I don't like it. When I was researching for facts, I did learn this is an extra bonus fact because it's not written on my notes. Ooh, I'm gonna miss I learned, mic. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. Oh. I learned that the like average bottomed out temperature, like the average low temperature of Maine is only about twenty degrees. So like yes, they get snow, but like that's not nearly as cold as I thought it would get. I guess not. I don't know. It was like 30 lower 30s today not quite freezing but like lower 30s when like it's been like 60 degrees earlier this week every time i was going outside i was like i hate the oh here's the thing i don't i really like i'm gonna talk over you're not gonna get to talk yet it's my turn okay um i the longer i'm up here which isn't like super far north but it's more north than you are so it does get a little bit cooler um i found that my perfect temperature is like 45 to 50 degrees. That's what I want all the time. Ew. <laughs> it's not that cold. It's like it's cold enough that I can like comfortably wear a sweater and jeans and be like perfect. See, I like a good like 63. I like 63. <laughs> it was in the, I was in the 60s earlier this week and I walked outside and I was like, oh, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, see, I like I like the cold. I do like the cold, but I also the more I so I didn't realize that like having an infant, having a child was also signing a nonverbal agreement. A nonverbal, a, t- a nonverbal. I mean, it was nonverbal <laughs> agreement. <laughs> unwritten agreement. Yes, unwritten nonverbal. All of the no. I, I, it was an agreement that I signed without consent that I would be sick every other week. I already don't have an immune system to begin with. I'm autoimmune for those who don't know. She's uh, sicky. So I'm I'm nice and sicky. So having a baby who also has no immune system because she's trying to build one, we just pass it back and forth over and over again. It's awful. I hate it. And it's it's only happening as it gets cold because obviously. Mm. So Yeah. Um I have chronic migraines. And I don't feel like I've had one in a bit. And then it was like, hey, you're going to have a really long one that's going to be really rough. And <laughs> It said, I know I've been gone for a while, but I'm going to come back times 12. <laughs> I was having them pretty frequently, like in August, September, maybe into October. And then yeah. they like, stopped for a bit. And then I started, I don't know, I didn't get the warning signs. I feel like it just showed up last night um we're gonna ignore the dogs (laughs) i don't know why right now they've chosen to scratch on this door of all doors they're usually scratching on the one that i'm usually recording near and now that i'm in a different room they're scratching on this one i don't 
I don't know. They see <laughs> the lights are on, and so they're like, yeah. ah. Human, um, let me in. <laughs> no, I felt it coming on last night. Probably, like, while I was cooking dinner, and then, like, as I was eating dinner, I didn't finish it, because I was like, I don't want this anymore. And then I shut down the apartment. Basic, I shutting down the apartment means I lock myself in my bedroom, and I'm, I'm not going to leave for the night. Yes. <laughs> um, so I shut down the apartment at, like, 7.30, and by 8, I think I was asleep. Oh, wow. I did wake up again right around 10 because it was storming. Mm-hmm. And I think there was hail or something similar or like very rough rain. It sounded like hail on the window, but I have no proof that's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it woke me and my cat up. <laughs> and I am hoping she just got confused because like as soon as I realized I was awake and she was awake, she went to the bedroom door like she was waiting on something. Interesting. And so then it was an endeavor to like find my glasses to like, okay, what's going on? Turn the light on. Let's go. Why did she go to the bedroom door? So then I was up till about 11 for another hour, but still. Yeah. You guys didn't need to know that. We're trying to make this episode longer. That's <laughs> <is> what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maine is a smallish state. It actually, so another only... bonus fact. <laughs> it has like 1.2 or 1.4, I can't remember which one, million people. So like, mm-hmm. it's, pre- it's it's small, but it's pretty hefty for like the situation it's got going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like we saw, or I saw like four cryptids in total. So there's not a ton to go off of. Yeah, no, and they're all... Pretty much Lumberwoods, Tails, Fearsome Critters. Fearsome Critters. I did not do a Fearsome Critter, actually. I sure did. I love a good Fearsome Critter. I do like them. But the one that was left over for me (laughs) had a paragraph. And I was like, that's not enough. I need to do another one. So Yeah. Well, I could have given you my other one, but then you would have known the one I was doing. Yeah, that's why I didn't say anything. I had Next also time. basically decided to do the one I was going to do already, like, before you texted me. Oh, yeah. But mine was one of the two that you told me, so I was like, I'll just leave it. <laughs> Valid. Main facts! <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> let's see, what order do I want to do these in? All of I that don't know. to say that this episode may not be of the highest quality we've ever recorded. It might not be high quality. Wise. It might not be a lengthy one. It Listen... We're both battling something. Demons, probably. <laughs> and, you know, we're trying to stick with it. And we're trying our best. So leave us alone. Um, I have actually, like, double the facts I usually have. Because there's a lot of things stuck out to me about Maine. I like Maine. I want to live in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's actually, speaking of me wanting to go to Maine, it's nicknamed Vacation Land. Because a lot of people vacation there. Yeah. Uh, There are over 4,000 islands off the coast of Maine, which I just didn't realize (laughs) that there were islands out there. I don't know why. But yeah. Um, Some historians think that Maine's name came from the nautical term mainland or the Maine, which the colony's founders may have used to differentiate between Maine and these other islands. Mm, Okay. 
they were like, yeah, it's Maine. <laughs> like the Maine island. And it just kind of stuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Then, Sorry, I'm not giving you much to bounce off of. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce a pronounce word. Pronounce a word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What, what do I want to do next? Author Stephen King was born in Maine. And actually his hometown of Bangor was the model for many of the towns in his scary stories. Which is just seems right. <laughs> Maine seems incredibly haunted. It just seems uh, right. Yeah. I think I actually knew that one. Yeah. It just it just seems very spooky there. It makes sense. Um it the Maine is known for, guess what? Lobster. That's their thing. They're a fishing state, you know. They've got like the capes and everything like that, so they've got a lot of fishing. That's their whole thing. Uh their other whole thing, which might just be the coolest fact actually i'll save that for last because there's one there there's there's three more <laughs> there's three more uh it's home to acadia national park which is just i like national parks so i like to add those in there mm-hmm. um the state animal is a moose which i'm only including because that sounds very main of them yeah <laughs> it's a moose there's a very high population of moose meese if you will yeah. uh, <laughs> maine is the only state in the United States, with one syllable, mm. which like you don't think about until you think about it, and then you're like, "Wait, yeah. is it? It is." <laughs> yeah, then you have to like go through it. Yeah, and then my the most interesting fact of all, to me at least, uh, Maine produces ninety percent of the country's toothpick supply. Yeah, strange. <laughs> That's yeah, interesting. The toothpick supply, Bailey. You have a toothpick in your apartment? It's probably from Maine. I don't have a toothpick, but... I think I have a couple. That's an adult buy that you keep around for, like, years. Because you Mm. never use them, and I've never needed them, so I haven't bought them yet. You know, I literally only use them in the case of, like, you know, stick a toothpick in it to see if it's done. (laughs) I think I use a fork when I do that. I try to, but it it sticks different. It's different. Although I do have, uh, I have cake pop sticks right now. I don't think I actually have toothpicks. I might, but I have a cake pop stick, Mm. like a couple of cake pop sticks. And uh, that's what I've been living off of when I bake. It's just sticking one of those giant wooden sticks in the middle of my brownies. (laughs) Gotcha. I can normally tell. Yeah, I just got to check though, just in case. (laughs) Valid. I've normally overdone them, so I've never needed to make sure that they were yeah, fully yeah. cooked. I'm an underdone <laughs> t- type of person, so... <laughs> I feel like my oven bakes differently every time. Yeah. It, there actually might be a reason for it, because it's an older oven, and you don't actually, like, fully set. It's like a turn, a turn dial, and yeah. that's how you set the temperature... So if you don't turn it the exact same point every time, then yeah, it might be 352 versus like 348. So I guess it does cook differently every time. Interesting. It's stupid fact, baby. Yeah. So if anyone wanted to know how my oven worked. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the facts. So. Nice. Yeah. Um. 
It's actually almost uh, 30,000 moose that live in Maine, if you were curious. Does your cryptid have to do about meese? It does have to do with meese. Ah, That's so (laughs) exciting. (laughs) Um, So it's actually um, 29,000 moose that live in Maine. But there is one in particular that people tend to, like, talk about. Because this one is a, is a little different. How different, Bailey? We'll get to that. Okay. Um, so we're going to just go through most of the sightings, and then we'll kind of talk about this specific moose. So this one first appeared in 1891. It was mm-hmm. first seen by Clarence Duffy of Old Town. Clarence Duffy? What a yep, name. Yeah, Clarence Duffy. Um, he was a hunting guy, and so he would have been familiar with the large game like moose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite know what he was doing. I don't think he was specifically hunting, but he was around Lobster Lake when he saw it. It was a Lobster. large moose. Lo- yep, <laughs> <Lobsters. laughs> Lobster Lake. Um, it was a large moose, <laughs> like much larger than normal and oh. an unusual color. What color? So he said this one was 13 feet in height alone. Um, oh, and shit. its antlers were more than 10 feet wide across. Yeah. Um, so it was like near prehistoric in its size. Interesting. We're no longer in the times of giant moose. Mm. Kind of. <laughs> According. <laughs> this might be the exception. Um, and it was whitish in color. Very, very light. He runs to uh, tell the town. Um, he's laughed at when he tries and no one really believes him. Still in 1891, just a few months later, um, a Bangor lumberman named John Ross was also at Lobster Lake um, when he reported a moose of similar appearance and size. Mm-hmm. That's two. Maybe, maybe there is a giant white moose living. Near Lobster Lake. Also still in 1891. So this is three sightings in one year. um, A hunter from New York saw a giant moose near... This is the one that I was trying to look up how to pronounce while you were um, doing your facts. But the name of this lake only appears when talking about this moose. Huh? So I genuinely (laughs) have... Could not find any sort of pronunciation guide. So I don't know if this is a misspelling that people are taking from one source and like citing again. But two of the sources I saw call it um, Sourdnaholt. Sourdnaholt <laughs> Lake. Cool. Sourdnaholt lake sure over the hunt lake yeah anyways this hunter reportedly fired several slugs at it which i'm assuming is some sort of not actual slugs i'm, I'm sure it's like bullets or something yeah, i'm assuming it's like like you know slug them you know like that term like slugs bullets uh but my immediate thought the vision in my brain was a man just throwing live slugs at the moose yeah i figured but uh, no 
Um, so he says he shot at it with the slugs. Uh, the shots only served to make it angry. Uh, the hunter was charged at and he fled to hide in a bear cave. He stayed in the cave for about an hour before the moose left the scene. Where were the bears? I guess, I don't know. Just He just said <laughs> it was a bear cave. How does he know it's a bear cave? There are no bears. <laughs> um, in 1892, um, New York City sportsman Howard Van Ness um, obviously sighted the large animal, this time 30 miles northeast from Norcross. Um, he was separated from his hunting buddies when he saw it, so he was the only one to report seeing it. He says he shot at it, hitting just above the shoulder. Like before, the shots only angered the beast and it charged at Van Ness. This time he took shelter, um, but he took shelter under a mass of fallen trees and branches. Um, he claims that the moose circled a few times at a great speed, leapt over the hiding place, and then gave up. Leapt? Yeah, okay. leapt. Interesting. Um, 1895, Bangor taxidermist Granville Gray saw it from a distance. That's all we have about that sighting. <laughs> he said, I think it was that big white moose over there. Yep. Um, 1899, Gilman Brown from West Newbury, Massachusetts, saw it on the Roach River. He got close enough to count a total of 22 points on a single side of the moose's antlers. Oh. He fired cool. five... It is a lot. Uh, he fired five shots at the animal, but it only gave, and I quote, and it only, and I quote, glowered at him and stalked, stalked majestically away. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that word is said. Glowered. Glowered? That's not a word I think I've ever said aloud until glowered. just now. Yeah, no, like I read it, I'm like, yeah, that word. Glowered. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't feel right. Um, also in 1899, November, this is not exciting, but this is when the moose gains national attention, um, because the New York Times actually wrote an article about the sightings. Oh. Well, it was in New York, so. Huh? I said, well, it was in, as a lot of them were in New York, so. I guess it New York City sense. people, but now all of the sightings are in Maine. Oh. Well, interesting. Yeah. Um, 1901. Because they're going to Maine to hunt, I'm assuming. I guess so. Um, it was also like spread. Lo Maine is pretty close to New York. Um, yeah. word travels, and so people were actually like going out to like look for it during those years before it made national news. So I'm sure that's why a lot of like the New York City guys were heading out that way. Gonna see that big moose. Um, 1901, he's seen by a hunter from Boston, this time near Chairback Mountain. That's all we've got, other than um, on that sighting. 1906, George Neeland. Um, he was bicycling on a road when he thought he saw a horse. As I might, he chose to get a closer look at the horse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> agreed. Also, like I would have been, he was surprised to see a rather large moose, white in color, instead of the steed he thought he saw. Oh. Without prompting, or without a prompt, uh, Neelan was actually charged at and forced to flee up a tree. He says the moose simply investigated the t discarded bicycle and then vanished into the forest. Huh. 
You know, now that I think of it, moose, like, from what I've heard, I've never encountered a moose in real life. I've never seen one because uh, I don't live near anywhere where a moose would be. But <laughs> <laughs> from what I've heard, they're, like, incredibly aggressive, like, naturally. Yeah. They're, like, super yeah. mean and try to, like, rip you up. So, yes, I get it. Um, so it disappears for a couple years, um, and it's not seen again until 1917. Um, we don't have any specific sightings during 1917, but it is just noted that it is seen a couple times during that year. Mm-hmm. Disappears again until 1932 when it appears for a couple sightings. That's all we've got. Um, 1938 is our, um third wave of sightings this time it's mostly seen in the forest um of the Sessancook region along the Penobscot river um this year a hunter this is the year a hunter named houston came across the moose when he um, um actually sighted a herd of moose why did i struggle through that one i don't know but was it a herd <clears throat> of white moose no so um it was Apparently 16 moose in total. Three males were looking over um, a few females that were like grazing. Um, He says that two of the males were healthy um, and average looking. The third was a huge white moose. It dwarfed the rest of the herd. Um, This white was apparently luminous. Well, that's fun. Every time you talk about this moose, every time you describe this moose, I just keep thinking Patronus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a um houston says he like turned away for a second and when he turned back it was gone without a trace huh. i don't know when this next sighting occurred um so a group of hunters actually killed a large white moose um they slit its throat and hung it from a tree overnight so like oh, drain the blood so they could skin it um, and dress it the following day. Like, I know that's how it works, like hunting works, but just the description of it sounds incredibly brutal. (laughs) They slit its throat and hung it up on a tree overnight (laughs) so that they could remove its skin. Um, However, the next morning, it was gone. Huh? It was gone, nowhere to be seen. That night, a large white moose with a slit throat walked into camp. Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> they shot at it, but it was unfazed by the bullets and just kept walking. That's out of a horror movie, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally in 2002, it was sighted near Franklin. Um, it's said that after it was sighted, the town's restaurant burned down. Huh. Like related incidences or they will we'll, i'll mention it here in just a second why okay. i made note of that specific incidence um so those are all of the sightings that i could like find to talk about okay um, okay so from these sightings we get a couple things that make the specific moose stand out from the rest of the thirty thousand that live in maine Right? So it is too large. Too, too, too large. Much too big for moose. Um, so a standard moose is like four and a half feet to like a little under seven feet tall. Um, yeah. This one is reported to be 13 to 15 feet tall. So double regular moose. Yeah. 
Um, it's white. That's a little odd. Um, yeah. Moose Albinism are... is a thing. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Um, moose are usually a brown, varied between like a near black to maybe a light tawny type color, but not usually white. Yeah. Um, it has 22 points on a single antler. Uh, normally there are 8 to 12 points on a single side. Yeah, that's a lot of points. So over double what is normally there. Say, one might say double or more. Yes. Um, so those are the weird, strange things. It is also said to appear and disappear at will with no trace. Huh? Yeah. Um, so to counter some of that, albino moose are a thing. They're yeah. rare. Um, but they are obviously not normally that big. Um, yeah. I did read there's actually a forest in Canada that is known for having an unusual amount of albino moose. Interesting. I don't know how near it is to Maine, but I Maine borders Canada, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how close it is to Maine, but there is a weird section of Canada where... I guess there are albino. I've got to look it up. Are they sterile? Yeah, are they sterile? I don't think. Uh, so. I feel like they could breed. Are I have no idea. Albino sterile. Um, but like I said, they're not that big, and they normally have a reddish, pinkish hue to their eyes, much like um, because there's no pigment there. Um, but the specter moose apparently has brown eyes. I don't know who determined that or who got close enough yeah. to determine that it has brown eyes, but it does. Also, it's called the specter moose. I don't think I've said that. You have it, and that's a very good name. Specter moose. Also, ghost moose. I ghost call it ghost moose. moose. I like ghost moose. Uh, albinos were once thought to be sterile and, a uh, and as a result of breeding, but those myths have been proven to be false. So they are not sterile, they can breed, and apparently there is a Swedish moose that is entirely ghostly white. Mm, interesting. So maybe they brought some some Sweden some Sweden moose. <laughs> Perhaps. Um and so finally there is a condition caused by an infestation of winter ticks that causes the lightning of a moose coat. Huh. Um but how, when and it, ooh, <laughs> when it affects a moose or an affected moose, um, will typically rub its hair off, and is often emancipated and skinny. So while it does lighten the coat, it, the coat is normally gone too. Yeah, and it wouldn't be big big moose. Um, emancipated and skinny. This one is quite healthy. Yeah. Um. So now it's kind of just become this like legend of the specter moose i mentioned the franklin incident earlier because even though the restaurant is the only provided example it is said that bad things have happen after it's sighted interesting kind of like the 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 dog that one dog the black dog there the black is. dog yeah <laughs> that, that one dog the one that was black you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's ghost moose Ghost Moose, I love him. 
He's a little mean, but all moose are, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're That's just kind of a moose thing. Terrifying creatures. They really are. <laughs> They're not I very don't... nice at all. No. I don't think I've ever been near them. I don't know. <coughs> Remember, she's sick. Oh, I'm dying. I'm not dying. <laughs> I might be. We all are. Anyway. Ooh. Today, I eat the same lunch every day. I eat a turkey and cheese sandwich with white cheddar cheese puffs. <laughs> that is what I eat <laughs> every day because it's quick and easy and I know what it's going to taste like. And today, yes. I opened a new bag of white cheddar cheese puffs and ate one. And I really thought for a second that I couldn't taste them. And I was like, uh, COVID? do I have COVID? <laughs> and then I had another one and I could in fact taste it. I don't know what happened that first bite. Maybe they just didn't put any powder on that first one. I don't know what that one was, but I was like, uh, uh, oh. Why the cheese puff would have set it off when I was literally drinking, like, coffee earlier that morning and could, like, very clearly taste the coffee this morning. Yeah. Nearly gagged on the taste a couple times because it was quite strong, but. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I don't remember what I was going to say before the coughing fit, so I'm going to talk about Daddy William Cox now. Go for it. Daddy Willie Thomas Cox. Uh, so that, if, if you don't remember or you haven't been with us before, welcome. Uh, we're glad William to Thomas you. Cox. Yeah, we're really happy you're here for this wonderful main episode. Uh, William Thomas Cox is the author of fearsome critters of the lumber woods uh and a few mountain and desert beasts or whatever the hell the title is <laughs> that, title. yeah that title which I, I think it's a very fun title still i love that title um and i just thought i would give a little bit more info on him because now we've talked about him a few times just in relation to his book but haven't actually like talked about him and i feel like we should Have do him a little bit of justice we've mentioned like hey, he's like an author and he did some stuff in the forest <laughs> Mm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a more extensive overview. Not really extensive, but a little bit more extensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is mainly from Wikipedia because there's not much about him elsewhere. Uh, so William Thomas Cox lived from 1878 to 1961, and he was the first state forester and commissioner of conservation for Minnesota. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, Cox worked as a forester for the United States Forest Service prior to his appointment as state forester. And after leaving office in 1929, Cox traveled to Brazil to organize a Brazilian forest service, including exhaustive exploration of the Amazon basin. Returning to the United States in 1931, Cox was appointed as the first commissioner of conservation for Minnesota. Hmm. So homie's got like, he's got street cred. (laughs) He's got street cred. He... Also, who has street cred is Lauren Coleman, who we have not talked about. Um, his museum is in Maine. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. How did I forget? I didn't forget. It was pulled up on my on my thing, actually. <laughs> yes, Lauren Coleman, the museum, the Cryptozoology Museum, that's in Maine. Why wasn't that in my facts? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I was reading our text to make sure that's like where it was. Yeah, it's yeah. in Maine. Because I saw some disc- quote-unquote discourse on it because... I think it's in Portland right now. Portland, Maine. I believe so. Um, It's shutting down in like two or three years and moving to Bangor. Oh, well, that makes sense. Bangor seems to be where all the action's at. Yeah. 
Anyway, sorry, yeah. I was going to cut you yeah. off right there. Well, Willie Cox, he actually wrote several books, and most of them were actually in the forestry field. Mm. Uh, the Fearsome Critters of the Lumberwoods book was actually his only, like, otherworldly writing. He had an extensive list of, like, forest fire combatants and, like, the forestry of, of Minnesota and stuff like that and, like, conservation Minnesota. Tons of books like that. Mm-hmm. Fearsome Critters is his one, like, outlier, you know? Um, Weird how that one's the popular one. Or yeah, I know. It seems to be the popular one. I mean, I haven't. I read think any we're other. just interacting with it more than the average person. Yeah, we do. We do interact with it quite quite often. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I just think that's silly, and that's really all I have to say about him specifically. But I like him. He's wonderful. He's it's good. He's fun. He's funny. He's a good author. I like him. Um, I might read some of the other stuff. I am actually really into conservation and like uh, environmental studies. So maybe I will delve into other Cox novels. <laughs> but yes. So if you haven't been with us before, fearsome critters are like lumberjack tales. Okay. They're typically used to explain a natural phenomena or as a tale warning lumberjacks against like, you know, avalanche, stuff like that. A la slide rock bolter, you know, Mm-hmm. Be aware of your surroundings, a la hide behind. You know, stuff like that. They 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 really like to warn against dangerous things of the woods. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're kind of about. And fearsome critters, there's some discourse on whether or not they are a cryptid or like a different sector of being. But cryptid means... Cryptid means unknown creature of unknown creature of unknown origin okay and these creatures are that so they are cryptids here here and now i will say it (laughs) so now that we've covered that imagine with me you are but a humble lumberjack you're making your way through the woods as you do you're probably throwing back a few cold ones to say stay from the hide behind you know No lack of caution in you, you know. You see a nice thick tree up ahead. Okay, so you decide to go make quick work of it. You didn't think to check for rotted trees around you, did you? Oh, no, no, Lumberjack Bailey. You didn't even consider what could be making the hollowed trees their home. Next to where you're about to begin chopping is a rotten, hollowed tree. Inside of it is a creature looking at you. This creature is angry violent and territorial it sees you slicing and mutilating its beautiful environment you don't even have time to set your axe down before bonk and that's the last of lumberjack bailey what was that yeah you're dead now what was that you didn't even see your assailant maybe it was just a limb yeah maybe maybe it was just a limb falling on its unlucky victim rest in peace bailey Or maybe, just maybe, Lumberjack Bailey fell victim to the aggro pelter. I think think Lumberjack Bailey did. (laughs) Perhaps. The aggro pelter. Uh, Scientific name. Anthrocephalus craniofractans. I.E. 
Human head skull fracture. Uh, yeah, I got part. I got cranial fractus. Yeah. Human head skull fracture. He's. I, I'm assuming he studied Latin. He's got to have, or he's just making shit up. <laughs> but I mean, I mean there you was have to no think. like Google Translate at the time. You're so right. So he's had to know some. Yeah. Something. Well. I mean, and you you have to think, though, because he was in the forestry business and the conservation, and, like, a lot of that stuff has Latin names and, you know, like, genus names and stuff like that. So I'm sure he okay. dabbled. I'm sure he dabbled. He had to have. <laughs> Which yeah. is probably, now that I think of it, I always question the scientific names in his book. But now that I think about it, this he probably put scientific names for, like, trees and shit in his actual books. So it probably just came naturally to him to be like, well, what's the scientific name? <laughs> yeah. Probably. So yeah, uh, they're also known as the Widowmakers. Well, Can you guess yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, which I also I so I tried to look it up because I wanted to see like what else was called a Widowmaker because I felt like there was something like a tree or something like that. Not a tree, from what I could find, but there's a type of heart attack that was known for a while to only strike men, thus called the Widowmaker. A heart attack. A heart attack. Yeah. Huh. Completely unrelated to the agropelter. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I saw one, I'd have a heart attack. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I would too. And you'll see why. So they're found <laughs> in forests all over North America. In the lumber woods. Concentrated in Maine. So they're from Maine to Oregon, right? They're all over. Mm. But mainly Maine is where we see a lot of things going on. Mainly in Maine are the plains that rain in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. <coughs> so, what do these guys look like, Bailey? You have any guesses? Yeah, a uh, monkey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I say that because okay. I, I've seen a photo or seen yes. a drawing. So, imagine monkey... Okay, so you got the picture of a monkey in your head. I know you don't have the visual memory, but you've got a monkey in there. Yes. Now imagine noodles. Noodles? <laughs> noodles. Noodles where? Mainly on the army bits. Okay. <laughs> then imagine that he's ripped as hell. Okay. And that's about the agropelter. Interesting. Okay, but on the real though, it's, uh, it's said to have a gorilla head or a villainous face of an ape. Okay, so monkey face head area. Mm. Then they're known to be wiry or slender. Um, described in one source as the body of a stretched out starving bear. So yay. Uh, <laughs> a what bear? Sorry. A stretched out starving bear. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, then they're all over black with a grayed out face. Kind of like um, gorilla-y. Like a gorilla. Yes. They have two extremely long, extremely muscular arms. Said to be like organic whips. <laughs> Poker. Yes. And they are about the size of your average monkey, like three-ish feet tall. They're like monkey-sized. They're not like ape-sized. They're like monkey-sized. Okay. 
Yeah. So they're not like super scary huge, but they're they're pretty scary with those noodly arms. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, uh, but I couldn't find a way to make it, but I'm gonna make it by explaining it. I was gonna make a joke <laughs> about um, their wiry slender bodies and say, yeah, like my exes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Only one that. of them has been taller than you. He was the same height as me, pretty much. I, yeah. Only I don't know. one. Yeah. And he wasn't really, like, taller than me, so, yeah, that's kind of rough. <laughs> anyway. Danny is, Danny's tall. Danny is tall. Danny is 5 foot 10, 11? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Nathan is 5 foot 7, I believe, so. And that's, like, the average... The average man that I've been with is a, like a five foot seven situation. So yeah. Anyway, enough about my love life. <laughs> <laughs> These creepy crawly guys, they find a rotten tree in the woods and they munch and crunch out all of the wood from the inside and they make that their little home. They cozy up in there. Yeah, they get all cozy and snuggly up in there. Um, the thing is, is that this tree and the surrounding area is now the land that they have claimed. And they are just hella territorial. So, like a white man. So what happens when an unwary traveler wanders into the agro zone, Bailey? He gets pelted. Well, yeah. Agro pelted, <laughs> if you will. So the agro pelter gets so blinded with rage that they will grab literally whatever is around them and just fucking yeet that shit at the person's head. With incredible accuracy. So they're known to throw acorns, pine cones, birds' nests, and just full-on branches. Whatever's in sight. Yes. So you Because could, it's on site. It's on site. <laughs> <laughs> they're going aggro. So you could Honey testicles. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I can assume the normal amount, but you never know with what we've seen thus far. Mm, sorry. <laughs> I didn't think before I said it. <coughs> I'm dying. Um, so yeah, you could just be inconveniently bonked by some little birdies. Or you could be taken out by a fucking tree. Uh, the former is typically found to be smashed or pinned by a dead branch and reported as having been killed by a falling limb. But it was the aggro pelter. Pinned? Yeah. They, I mean, listen, Bailey, when I say these motherfuckers are strong, they could, like, get the, they could get, like, like, Wampin Willow, this is the second Harry Potter reference, Wampin Willow ass <laughs> and fucking crunch you. It's big ol' sticks. Huh. Okay. Big ol' sticks. Uh, okay, that's not what I was imagining when pinned. Never mind. What were you imagining? Like, um... Like a spear through the body. Oh, the the no. tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so they're actually so good at throwing that 99.9% .9 of their victims either die on impact or end up so concussed that they don't even remember what happened. Mm -hmm. So due to this, we only really have 
one sighting reported and acknowledged as like a true sighting that happened. Valid. So this is the sighting as reported by Daddy William Cox. Big old Kittleston, who, upon certain occasion, when cruising timber on the Upper St. Croix, was knocked down by partly rotten limb thrown by an agropelter. This limb was so punky that it shattered on Ole's head, and he had time to observe the rascally beast before it bounded from the tree and whisked itself through the woods. So, big old Kilston, it was hit by a tree limb so dead and gross that it just kind of, you know? Just kind of fell apart on impact. Yeah. And then he was good. He was aight. So, yeah. But, Bailey, how concerned should your average Mainer be about these angry apes? And, yes, I looked it up. They are called Mainers, which I hate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know how uh I, I mean i'm not concerned but i'm not a main resident yeah well and actually if you are a mainer uh <laughs> they are getting pretty scarce due to their food source and reproduction habits so they only eat woodpeckers hoot owls and rotten wood if they huh. cannot find these they will starve and if there is not sufficient food in the area, they will also not reproduce. So if they don't feel like they're like safe and good, they will not reproduce. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. I heard a baby noise. I was going to ignore it. <laughs> I'm both currently breastfeeding my child and also my nephew came down into the room and stared at me for a minute. without saying anything so i was very confused anyway distractions aside um but yeah so their reproduction habits are very interesting in that their pups are only born on february 29th february what you cut out 29th oh so leap years yeah so they only give birth once every four years. <laughs> Are they and pregnant for that long, or can that? They I do like... not know. <laughs> okay, I would. I've never been pregnant, but it sounds absolutely horrid to be pregnant for four years. Yeah, that would be. I would simply not. I think the gestation period of an elephant is like two years. Yeah, but they're quite big. Well, that's the whole thing. Is that they so? I don't think it's large. an inconvenience until much later. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so, and uh, they are only born in odd numbers. So, like, the litters are only odd numbers. So they can't have two. They have to have one or three. Or Mm. five or seven. Um, But typically the number is one. So, one baby. Yeah, so a dwindling population. Yeah, just eat. (laughs) I don't need interjections. I shouldn't have said her name. I never say her name. We can blank that part out. Anyway. Uh, let's see. I'm far away from my notes now. Yeah, I don't know the lifespan of these guys. But the ratio does not look good for them. No, yeah. it doesn't. One baby every four years. That's rough. So, we've got some possible explanations for these guys. Why, why, are, we, why are we talking about these guys? 
Why are they, what's happening in the Lumberwoods? Uh, one explanation that I mainly came up with myself. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and that is weird monkeys. So in my head, I don't think it's impossible for people to actually be seeing monkeys in the Lumberwoods. I don't know where they came from, but I suppose it's not impossible. Because, like, monkeys are a very typical, like, circus animal and stuff like that. So I feel like they for sure totally could have an escaped circus animal or something along those lines. And, And, you know... It's a weird monkey. Maybe maybe it is, like, because, you know, circuses are always getting the weird, like, genetic mutation situations. So maybe it's just a couple weird monkeys, and the weird monkeys bred into weirder monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but theory number two, and our last theory, is it's probably just a little old tale to warn the, them jacks about falling limbs. Yeah, probably. Because, you know. You know, wandering in the woods, cutting down trees, you might want to protect your head <laughs> because things happen in the woods and the baby's trying to pull off my headphones. Uh-oh. Ma'am? Ma'am? <clears throat> Don't smile at me. But yeah. Them them there's the lumber woods, the agropelter. I was trying to figure out why there weren't North North American monkeys. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. Yeah, where are the North American monkeys at? There aren't any, but I'm not reading deep enough to figure out exactly why. Interesting. There are some that um, are in Mexico. Baby! (laughs) (laughs) there are some in mexico but that's like the closest yeah looks like there may have been some prehistoric attempts to make it to north america but i don't know if if any would have survived (gasps) here's your um auditory uh experience um addition welcome yes. <laughs> introduction that's what i was looking for introduction to baby it's just a baby say hello she cannot she is just she a baby <laughs> just a baby she can squeak though she didn't eat nearly enough but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> that's what bottles are for sometimes yeah, sometimes she actually does still get two ounces before bed so in Nathan is literally here for her, so. Be free, Baby, goodbye. Nice to see you. Peace out, little, little Girl Scout. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's Maine. I am. That's I'm assuming. Maine. Um, Maine. Uh, Maine. You you can go to Maine. I think you can go to Maine. You should go to Maine. You worry? I mean, like. Don't wear a helmet. <laughs> wear a helmet. Watch out for meese. Wear a Mooses. helmet and don't look meese in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. What are you supposed to do when coming across a moose? Just leave. I assume you just leave and try. To I assume them, you just try leave to, them alone <laughs> and try to make no noise. Hold on. 
Let me look up how how to get away from moose. How to get away. <laughs> Answer is you don't. Moose, you do not. <laughs> Talk. Make your presence known and slowly back away in the direction you came. If the moose charges at you or chases you, hide behind something solid like a tree or try to get inside a vehicle or building. If a moose knocks you down, curl into a ball, protect your head, and lie still until the moose retreats. I talk. Why would you make your presence known? I mean, if the moose doesn't see you, I feel like I could just like slither away. But I guess if the yeah. moose sees you, maybe be like, "I I know that you know that I'm here, and I'm gonna get you. You better stay gonna... right there. I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get out of here. But it's not because you're scary. It's because I'm gonna beat you up if I don't leave." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, commonly suggested answers where people also ask or whatever is mm-hmm. can I outrun a moose no the answer is you cannot outrun a moose <laughs> I could have told you that <laughs> there's not too many animals that you can outrun I could outrun a penguin I feel like it depends on where you are if they're sliding, I don't think I could. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. If they're waddling, I'm running. We're going. They're <laughs> they, can't, they can't beat my ass. I got lanky legs. <laughs> I can't think too many can... North American yeah. animals that you can outrun. Yeah. Moose can run up to 35 miles per hour, which I cannot. So. Uh, no. <laughs> I personally have never my... run that fast. <laughs> Uh, my mile speed is like max a 14 minute or like I guess minimum a 14 minute <coughs> which is a little under which is my, under 3 miles per hour or which is over 3 miles per hour the last time I ran a mile which was probably in elementary school gonna be honest for that like president <laughs> or whatever the hell it was oh, a 14 yeah. minute mile so yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to try like, again. It's a mixer, mix of walking. It, it, yeah. Honestly, my mile s- speed depends on how I'm doing that mile. Yeah. True. If I'm like on a track, I can probably do a 15 to 16 minute mile. Max 14. Treadmill, for whatever reason, my mile time is much longer. It's like 20 minutes. Interesting. I can't Maybe keep there's up like an a incline on it. I don't know. I can't keep up a speed. On I can't keep a higher speed on a treadmill for too long. I can go longer, faster. Yeah. You know, just like on a track or on a trail. Endurance. Yeah. Over, over, what is it? Endurance versus speed? I guess. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> you can't outrun a moose, is what I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah, no. So you're done for. Uh, you can't outrun a moose, can't outrun a bear, can't outrun gators or crocodiles. To How a certain extent. Uh, gators and crocodiles, for a short burst, can get up to like 30-something miles per hour. But it's a very, very short burst. So if you can like change direction, you're fine. Because they can only well, go... I just looked it up. You should run zigzag if you come yeah. across an alligator. Yeah. 
Well, it also says it's very uncommon for gators to try to go for humans because they perceive them as too large of a prey. I mean, valid. Which, like, mood. Can humans outrun alligators on land? It's very rare for an alligator to chase a human on dry land. And the average human could easily outrun an an alligator, zigzagging or not. Tops out at a speed of around 9.5 miles per hour. Okay, the average human? I guess I'm not the average human. (laughs) 9.5? No. Um, I thought it was faster, but it's regardless. Very, I'm not running that fast. Yeah, it's it's a very very short burst though. They can't keep up that speed for very long. Yeah, that's why you should run zigzags. Yeah, so they can't you change direction very easy, but they also get tired. Regardless, they probably aren't going to chase you. This episode was not about gators. You cannot outrun a moose, and you sure as hell aren't outrunning the agropelter. I can tell you that much. They're not running. No evidence they're gonna of get them running. I say no evidence of them running. They're not running, but they're going to get you. They can throw <laughs> hard and fast and with accuracy. Accuracy, Bailey. They're going to get you. <laughs> so, and I don't think there's any way to like avoid an agropelter attack besides like I don't know wear a helmet. <laughs> But I mean, they can throw limbs big enough to pin you to the ground. So, you know, yeah. which, what are you to do? I think if I'm going to Maine, I don't really think. Actually, I don't know what their big cities are, but. Uh, uh, I don't know Portland much... and the other one. Bangor. Bangor and the other one. What's the other? I don't know the other one. I'm not that familiar with Maine. Sorry, Mainers. Ew. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) They're capital. Don't they have a capital? They should. No. No, it's not. There's no way. It's It's the other one. The other one. Hold on. I never learned the capitals. I remember this. I literally was looking at it earlier. Capital of Maine. <laughs> I failed that test in the sixth grade. Oh, I'm so bad at geography. We've talked about this before. I'm Augusta. It's uh, Augusta. I knew that. Gotcha. Yes. Augusta, Portland, Bangor are pretty That's big. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all of it. Montpellier. Montpellier. <laughs> I mean, where we live is not that much different. You're right. Arkansas. You've got Little Rock. Little Rock, Hot Springs, Hot Springs. Northwest Arkansas. I would say the the rest <laughs> up there. Which is like, because like, if you're not from Arkansas, or even if you're from like Southern Arkansas, Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, they're all the same city. <laughs> they're 45 minutes apart, but. They're um, all the same city. <laughs> they are very much grouped together. Yeah. I'm sure there's another one in there, too. But those are the ones I could remember. Um, Those are the four main ones up here. Yeah. They're all the same. Same thing. Uh, Fayetteville and Springdale are the same county and are a little bit closer together. And then Rogers and Bentonville are the other county up here. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogers is probably 25 to 30 minutes away. And then Bentonville is the furthest from where I live. Mm-hmm. And it's about 45 minutes. Yeah. Depending on where you're going. True. My hairdresser is like 36 minutes. But if you want to go like downtown Bentonville, it's like 45. Interesting. Are we locating Bailey right now? Let's all stalk uh, Bailey. I've <laughs> shared my Instagram before and I 
tend to tag locations, so... Why would you do that? You're gonna get serial killed. Oh, well. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I don't even put my baby's face on the internet. I never let anyone see my life. It's so scary. I do not want to get murdered. I don't put anything more than, like, the city name or, like... I'm a Razorback fan, so I go to the Razorback games. So when I post yeah. pictures from the Razorback game, then the location is the stadium, not my apartment. Well, yeah. But typically you post that after you're already gone, you know? I normally post it while I'm home. Yeah, you're not going to post it, like, while you're sitting in the stadium for someone to come and, and murder you. <laughs> I think if I'm sitting in that stadium, I'm okay. Are you sure? Security is a little lax. But, like, there's normally about 60,000 people there. Yeah, I guess. If someone's coming to kill specifically you, they're going to the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think we've talked enough. (laughs) I think we have. We made it to an hour. Look at us. We Uh, did. (laughs) I wasn't even looking at the time. But, yeah, you can go to Maine. Wear a helmet and don't look at the Meese. And that's about it. We had a good time, travelers. Keep on traveling, I guess. Are you going to classify them? Oh my god, I forgot. I don't think you've done that. So, I haven't. Um, Agropelter? He's angry as hell. He's a chad. (laughs) Anyone who's angry, I classify as a chad immediately. Um, Yeah. Nice? Also angry, but a different kind of angry. So I think they're kind of a brad. Mmm. Okay. They feel kind of bratty. But they're like in between Brad and Chad. They could go like either way. You know? They're definitely not a Shad. Mm. Are you mom! What'd your mom say? Put her on blast. <gasps> oh, new friend! Did your mom get a dog? <laughs> they're fostering. They're, oh, they're picking up a new foster. It's a Rottweiler. Bailey. <laughs> or some sort of Rottweiler mix. It looks very I Rottweiler. I have to see your parents <laughs> right now. I actually think to return to Bailey's parents. So. <laughs> mm. um, I'm coming in a couple weeks and the dog should still be there so you can just come over. Yes, I will. I, uh, your, um, you get things to return. <laughs> your um, diaper rash cream is also, I'm pretty sure, at that house. So. Yes. And your parents need to meet my sweet, sweet baby. They do. Oh my! I'm gonna send you a picture after this. We need to get I'll off. Meet their sweet baby, and they can be my sweet baby. <laughs> uh, I've been Bailey, and I've been Danny. Bye. Bye.